Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Serial Killers Cafe. I'm your host, Stephanie, here with my co-host, Ariel. Hello, friends. And happy Wednesday. Ooh, ooh. Um, yeah, we're super excited to bring you another cool episode today. Today, we're doing H.H. Holmes. Um, this guy's awesome. And by awesome, I mean awful. But yeah, so fun researching him. So, yeah, I think we should just dive right in. All right, let's do it. So I would like to start out um, with (laughs) this case is extremely complicated, mostly because there's a lot of like conflicting information. And uh, H.H. Holmes as a human was a liar. (laughs) Uh, So he like tended to confess to crimes he didn't commit or like say that he didn't do it when he actually did. And um, just in general, the time that this took place, the record keeping wasn't great. So that being said, I did my absolute best here. Just wanted to get that started so that you know from the beginning. Um, But from what I could put together from the couple of articles I read and the documentaries I watched, this is kind of what happened. (laughs) Uh, He was absolutely batshit crazy. The stuff that he did, there's one documentary. I actually had to stop watching it because it was like at night and it was creeping me out. And like, come on, we do this stuff all the time. That says something. We like love creepy messed up stuff. So that says something. It was just like, it was too much. I don't know why. It was just too much. Uh, So I just had to take a little break because I actually thought I may have nightmares, (laughs) which is just not the norm for me. So let's talk about A.J. Holmes. He was born Herman Webster Mudgett. Uh, No wonder why he ends up changing his name, because, like, that's awful. (laughs) So he ultimately changes his name to Dr. Henry Howard Holmes, or H.H. Holmes, as we will refer to him throughout this episode. He actually was um, the first American serial killer that has recorded Personally, I think there was probably more before him. I have a feeling this like serial killer thing has been going on since the beginning of time because humans are just awful. Yep. But he's the first recorded one. Which is pretty cool, actually. Say that again? Pretty cool. Like, Yeah, it is definitely cool. So he was born in Gilmanton, New Hampshire. I know I probably butchered that. I'm sorry if you're from there. On May 16th, 1861. His parents were actually one of the first English immigrants. And from most accounts, he had like a fairly normal childhood. There were some reports that his father was violent towards him and abusive but there were more reports that he was not and that he was just a normal dad and he kind of had just a regular old childhood. Uh, in general, he Holmes as a person didn't display those like normal signs that he may one day be a serial killer. So like, you know, the McDonald triad where a lot of these serial killers like, you know, would torture animals and light things on fire. And uh, he really didn't show any of those signs growing up. Really, the main thing that kind of made him a little, I guess, creepy, for lack of a better word, when he was, I mean, well into his 20s, was his fascination with uh, dead bodies and dissection. 
but he was able to get away with it because he went to medical school. And unlike most serial killers, he actually uh, went to college and graduated. Apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently it's kind of normal for serial killers to like bounce around a lot. So like they'll start college and then they end and they'll start another career and they end. Um, So he did graduate school, he graduated medical school, but he bounced around a lot as far as jobs are concerned. Um, Do you think he did that because he was like trying to find victims or like I feel like some of these serial killers and stuff that we've watched like you know obviously like when you're a serial killer it's like especially back then it's like people didn't work like a bunch of jobs you know what I mean like the man worked he was gone from eight to five and he was home for dinner so like I feel like you had to find your like moment of opportunity like in your like working hours right yeah I mean like I I don't think they had a lot of time unless you were like a single dude because I feel like it was very common then to like have a wife at home with a bunch of kids and like you're gone for the day and then you're home and then you eat dinner and that's it you're well and hh holmes definitely was not single because uh he was married to three women at the same time that's so much work oh my god i'm married to one person and it's so much work (laughs) for real though like it is a full-time job being married and i'm like you did this three at the same time three people and like i don't know i'm just i guess a very jealous person i would not want to share my husband with other people. yeah i know when i think about like sister wives and stuff i don't think i could do that yeah like oh. more power to you if you can but like i am i'm yeah. like a crazy bitch I say, go for it you are mine yeah. like <laughs> same same yeah so um so back to his job so he had a lot of different jobs he spent some time as like a teacher slash professor um for anatomy and chemistry like he really liked that kind of stuff but of course, in anatomy, they got to do things like dissection. So he just really was into that. He even spent some time as an accountant and at one point was a city manager in Florida. Uh, so he also bounces around from state to state, too. It's not until um, he kind of settles in Chicago that he starts really doing his murdery stuff. So from what I could understand, he does a lot of petty crimes uh he's real big into insurance fraud he's real big into not paying people for work that they do uh he tends to just like he'll hire people and then be like oh you did it wrong so i'm not paying you even if they didn't do it wrong so he bounces around a lot uh in 1878 i believe he gets married and they have a son Uh, But six years after he married, his wife left him, but they still remained married. So she left, she takes the kid, he keeps bouncing around. It just so happens that like every city he went to, people disappeared. So a lot of the crimes were unsolved. They were... Um, not even reported. A lot of these people were just, um, you know, disappeared. And for some reason, I guess back then it wasn't as big of a deal as it is now. Well, I think also like forensics weren't great. You didn't have like interstate, you know, things. Right, I don't even right. think the FBI was like heavily formed. Like a like a BAU was informed in the eighteen sixties. Yeah, right. So right. I don't think there was like a database to be like, oh, we have n- missing persons and like whatever. But it's crazy because that right. always reminds me of this Lawnmower SVU episode that I actually I really like it. It's a good one. It's like these twins and the brother like 
one of, they got separated at birth and one of the brothers is like this really cool guy he like got married and his wife had a miscarriage and all this stuff and like they're like living this like whole life and his twin brother i guess got put in like a different like a group home and like had a really shitty wow. upbringing but then he follows the events and stuff that his brother's doing because his brother works for like a big corporation and goes to the towns that his brother in and kills people and then his brother gets arrested for the murder because he doesn't know he has a twin it's fucking crazy <laughs> Oh, that's a good episode. I haven't seen that one. I will. I will let you know which one it is. I'll let all of you know too, in case you watch the yeah, show. Yeah, right. Look it up so we can all watch but, it. But um, it's uh, yeah, it's a good one. And like, he's like, "What do you mean I wasn't here?" And they're like, "Yeah, every time you had a trip, like people went missing, like all these places you went." He's like, "Yeah, okay, but like it wasn't me." And they're like, "Yeah, okay, dude, like it was definitely you." And then they find out he has a twin, and he didn't. Is know it he like had an twin. identical twin? Yeah. Yep. Like, he got a tattoo to match the tattoo his brother has. And, like, oh, yeah, it's crazy. But he's, like, the brother's, like, the good-looking twin. And the other guy's, like, the not-so-good-looking twin. But they're still, like... Like, if you saw him in passing and, like, he didn't, like, smile or he cleaned himself up, they'd look exactly the same. But, yeah, it was a really good episode. So I'll find it for you guys. Yes, please. I'm definitely trying to watch that. So um, after his wife leaves him... There are some reports that he was violent towards her, but it kind of doesn't go into any kind of detail. Not sure if that's why she ends up leaving or not. But like I said before, they are still married. Okay, so let's keep this in mind. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like I said, he moves from city to city. And one of them, there was a young boy that was basically the last place he was seen was with Holmes. And then he disappears and Holmes is like, I don't know. I didn't have anything to do with it. And the cops are like... All right, cool. Bye. No one looks into anything at all. It's it's very very strange. Um, I don't understand it at all. Yeah, I think uh, this is also in a again the time like eighteen seventies or whatever. I right. believe would probably be the reason they probably didn't have a lot of evidence, so they just had to. Right? Focus yeah, on, you're probably right there. Yeah, you're right. Like someone saw him with you, but that's all we have. <laughs> Right, like, no biggie. It's fine. So, But it's still crazy to think that this happens, like, so often. It is. It's scary. Yeah, it's, like, it's very, very scary, scary to me. So. so then we hop a couple years to 1882, and Holmes actually gets married again. Oh, my gosh. So much marriage. And he, I know. <laughs> and he has a daughter with this wife. Okay. So the wife and daughter, so he's in Illinois at this point. He's in Chicago. His wife and daughter actually live like outside of the city in the suburbs. He spends most of his time in Chicago, quote, tending to business. So just murdering people. Correct. Correct. Cool, cool. <laughs> Super cool. Uh, so he was a businessman. Don't get me wrong. He, he always had his hands in something or another. But pretty sure that was code for killing people. Yeah. So now, two years later, I mean, not two years later, uh, 12 years later, so we're in 1894-ish, he marries again, while still married to these first two wives, and none of them know about each other, which blows my mind. Again, see, at least in Sister Wives, they all know about each other. Right. This is like, like, I can get with that because... You're living three identities in three marriages with three families, and none of them know. That's a lot of secret keeping. That's a lot of... Yeah. That's too much work. <laughs> yeah and that's just messed up i get it like if you're in an open relationship like go for it right but uh not if you're gonna be all sneaky and hiding about it like that you're just having an affair just and how do you keep yeah exactly and how do you keep it like not messing up between one or the other 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. That I, I could never. I can't even keep my kids' names straight. I called <laughs> them the wrong names, and I'm, right. I could not imagine having a bunch of wives and families and not mixing them up. No, ever. Nope, I just am not that organized. No, me either. <laughs> so when AJ's Holmes is in Chicago, he... Uh, meets a woman named Elizabeth Holton, and she actually owns a drugstore in Inglewood, which apparently is part of Chicago. I guess it was, I think it's like Boston where it's broken up into like, like there's Southie and Dorchester. You know what I mean? I I think that that's what it is like. So Holton actually gave, gave Holmes a job at the pharmacy and he was by all accounts, a really hardworking guy. She didn't have any issues with him. Um, and they actually got along so well that he ends up buying the store from her. So he buys the store, he starts running it, and then he also purchases the lot that is right next to the drugstore. I guess it was just like an empty lot. And he had plans to build this like three-story huge building. It was going to be like a multifunction kind of thing. Um, so he had plans to still have the drugstore on like I think the bottom floor and then he was going to have apartments on the second floor and then also some retail spaces pretty innovative yeah so you know businessman sort of (laughs) at least this is what he told people well of course oh but really though he was just planning on having his murder castle the whole time murder castle (laughs) (laughs) I saw that a bunch of places I'm like yeah that sounds about right Oh, uh, so like I discussed earlier, he's a little bit of a con man. So he would hire like arch- architects and contractors uh, and, you know, just anything that you would need in order to do this construction. And they would either do part of it and he would fire them and refuse to pay them. Or he would order like all the material, the steel, the wood, like everything that's required for a building and then just not pay it. He even went so far as to order furniture and then hide it in some of his like secret passageways because that's how he built this building so uh, yes he was a con man he didn't want to pay people but in addition to that i think that not just me but that's what it was kind of said in the research that so he would hire joe schmo to uh build this room and this room had a staircase in it and then he would stop halfway through because he wanted to add a secret passageway somewhere and he would hire a new guy. So the new guy had no idea what he was building, what he was adding on to. He was just building. Right. So that way he was actually able to have these trap doors. I mean, like he had like metal chutes that went from the top floor of this three story building into the basement that he would just shoot people down after he killed them. That is wild. Wild, Wild. right? Like, I'm trying to picture... I'm trying to think of words to explain my thoughts on this, and I can't. There are not. It's nuts. Super innovative, but like... (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely, like, smart. Especially Uh, going from person to person. I feel like that's really hard, because you have to remember exactly where the old person left off, and the next person picked up. And again, it's all about the secrets. So he must have been really good at this whole secret-keeping life he lived. And also, it appears that people just didn't really ask a lot of questions. That makes sense. Probably just, it's a job. I'll get it done. Have a great day. Yeah, and then that's it. It, it's, I, 
It's almost when you find an old building now that someone buys and they like take take the wall apart and it's full of shit and you're like, what is this? Yeah. And it's people like AJ so Jones who just like cool. did random stuff. But yeah. I know I hope when I buy a house one day that it has like a really cool. Yeah, I lived here. in an apartment that had um, several just so like in the main part of the apartment, there's this little tiny door. And it ended up being used for storage, but apparently when you opened it, it was like a crawl space kind of thing, but it was, it was a good size. But then there was another door behind it that someone had put up that led to like into the basement. It was crazy. That's pretty cool. I thought it was a tiny bit creepy, but it was still cool just to think like what it could have been used for before. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, so he has like rooms that are soundproofed. Uh, he has is basically like a maze because he would have hallways that led to nowhere. Um, he would you know, open the door and it would just be like a brick wall. So I think he a lot of um, what he did was to kind of disorient his victims. That makes sense. Because, you know, they're in there. And he, so a lot of people, he also drugs. So they're drugged. And he would kind of just let them wander around. That was actually one of the creepiest parts in the documentary. They had like a reenactment of this poor girl who was drugged and like just wandering around the halls of this creepy murder house. And that's when I was like, Meh, I think I need a little, little break here because I'm going to have nightmares. So, um, okay. So then let's talk about the, the shoots that I talked about earlier. So like I said, they would drop straight down into the basement and Holmes had these big vats of acid and lime. And then he also had his own crematorium. That's aggressive. Right. I mean, he just had like the dream of every serial killer because yeah, these people would disappear. And even if they were last seen with him, it didn't matter because they were gone. I mean, there was nothing left to them. And fun fact, a, several of his victims, he would like, okay, so put them in the acid, melt their skin and their muscles and stuff off, take their skeletons, clean them up all nice and shiny, and then put them together and sell them to like schools, colleges, medical schools, and oh science my buildings. Gosh, that, that is insane. Right? And he did this regularly because apparently you like he made pretty good money doing it. This also go back goes back to the fact that I could just never be a serial killer. I'm way too lazy. Oh, it's so much work. <laughs> so much work. So much effort. Wow. So much time. I just want an yeah. app when I have free time. I don't want to do anything else. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Wow. Um, so this next part, I am going to read word for word because as I was reading it, it was just like my brain couldn't even comprehend a way to put it into my own words because it was just a lot to take in. A lot to take in. All right, I'm ready. So we are in 1892. The hotel was somewhat completed with the second story, which consisted of his elaborate torture rooms, which contained a chute that led to the basement. 
The third floor held more apartment rooms. In 1894, some police officers inspected the hotel while Holmes was out of town, which just shows how different things are because they just like walked in. They were like, yeah, we want to uh, take a look at your place and you're not here. So it's totally fine. But so they go in to, quote, inspect these rooms during the inspection they find a room that has hinged walls and false doors rooms linked with secret passageways and even an airtight room that were connected to pipelines filled with gas which Holmes used as gas chambers Holmes would use chutes to deliver the bodies to the basement and then once there he made use of surgical tables and an array of medical tools to dissect them before selling their organs so what was so difficult for my brain to comprehend was the fact that police saw all of this and that was it. Like yeah, they saw it and were like, okay. I just, oh, thanks. well, and I guess I'd want to know why they looked at it in the first place. You clearly wanted to check it out while he was gone. I would assume for a reason. So then right. you find a bunch of reasons that you should have been checking it and then nothing happens. Right. I think that like everyone always suspected him of just being a little off. I don't necessarily think they knew how extreme. <laughs> At least I hope not. Yeah. But I really don't know because from what I could find, it was just, they looked at it. They saw all these weird things. I mean, maybe they just didn't have enough proof. I don't know. Well, especially if he's using gas and then acid and then dissection and that like, there probably isn't one trace of any of these people anywhere. Right. And I'm sure he wasn't a dirty person. I'm sure he kept it very clean. And... Even if they were to find a skeleton, like he could, of course, just say, like, yeah, I used to work in the up and Right. Like, right. And back then, obviously, they couldn't prove. It's not like they had reconstruction like we have now. And they could prove that this was Cindy Luhu that went disappeared like whenever. You know what I mean? I think we should uh, make a note here right now to just find a serial killer who, like, changed their face by reconstruction because... Those people fascinate me. I wonder if there's one. That a thing? People literally get their faces. Like, they'll go to surgeons and become other people. Heck yeah. Especially if you're a wanted criminal. Okay, so one of his... We're moving on to murders here. So one of his earliest victims was also a mistress of the name Julia Smythe. She lived and worked in his building. I'm assuming in the hotel building. Mm-hmm. And once her husband found out about the affair, he left her and their daughter, Pearl. Julia and Pearl disappeared on Christmas Eve of 1891, and Holmes later claimed she had died during an abortion. Though what truly happened to the two was never confirmed. Okay, we just have to take a minute for this because did they just assume this is accurate? No one did any investigating. The husband did not. The ex-husband did not follow up on this and be like, that's weird. How would she have an abortion when the child was already born? Like, no one. Right. No. Okay. No. Just want to move on. They both disappear. And it's just like, oh, okay, well, that's weird. Anyways, Merry Christmas. Again, my biggest thing is how did the ex-husband not be like, I had a kid. She wasn't pregnant. The kid was already alive. Like, where's my I think he didn't care. That's messed up. Well, anyway, that's wild. Yeah. So yeah. the next victim was Emmeline Sigrande. Again, sorry guys, you know we're not great with names. 
she mm. also worked in the building and in May of ni- of 1892 disappeared that December. So people are just disappearing left and right. Another He's not even trying to hide it. Yeah. Well, and I feel like it's because he has a great system. Like, he's mm-hmm. very confident in himself, so he doesn't feel that he needs to be nervous right. or on edge. Another woman who vanished, Edna Van Tassel, also believed to be one of his victims. Minnie Williams and her sister are also known victims of Holmes. They both disappeared after being seen with him. Which, again, you would think this has happened a lot of times now, but mm-hmm. I'm just assuming the criminal justice system wasn't evolved enough to put all these strings together because there's right. a lot of last person seen with Holmes now disappeared situations. But it yes. seems they weren't all in the same place or they weren't all at the same time. So it wasn't like easily put in front of you right. to see. Before he killed them, though, he was actually able to convince them, this is the sisters, to sign over the deed to some property they owned in Texas. Now, did he do this, like, while they were under duress, or... No, so from what I understand, um, they were the same kind of thing, like, living and working in the hotel-slash-pharmacy that he had, and he was just a really good con artist, and I guess he kind of just sweet-talked them into it, um, because they did, they just like signed it over. That's wild. Here, here's our property. Cool, cool. No problem. Yeah, insane. Yeah. So then Holmes met and became close friends with Benjamin Pietzel, a carpenter with Pietzel. a criminal past. He used him as an accomplice in many crimes, including murders in his house of horrors. Wild. Again, always want to know how these conversations start. Hey, bro, I'm a murderer. Are you cool with that? If so, would you like to join me? If not, you're about to go down the metal chute. Pick a side. I just, I'm curious. <laughs> so Holmes eventually ends up killing his accomplice. Oh, there you go. I should know it was coming. During an insurance fraud attempt and told his wife that he was hiding in London. So, like we've said, he was clearly a very smooth talker because he's able to convince all these people to sign deeds over, to explain that he's not doing anything wrong. Like, very good at talking his way out of all these random disappearances that seem to always happen around him. And somehow was able to convince Pietzel's wife to let him have custody of her three kids, which she hadn't even talked to him, guys. They had no conversations. This random go-between was like, your husband's hiding from you in London, but he wants all your kids. And this lady's like, you know what? Have at it. Right? So he takes the kids and eventually travels all over the U.S. and Canada and then refuses to tell her where the kids are when she asks. Okay. Mostly because they were already dead at this point. Obviously. (laughs) So Frank Geyer, a Philadelphia police detective assigned to investigate homes and find the three missing children found the decomposed bodies of two of the Piazzo girls in the cellar of the Toronto home. He wrote, The deeper we dug, the more horrible the odor became, and when we reached the depth of three feet, we discovered what appeared to be the bone of the forearm of a human being. Then, Geyer then went to Indianapolis, where Holmes had rented a cottage, and Holmes was reported to have visited a local pharmacy to purchase some drugs, which he used to kill young Howard um, Pietzel, and a repair shop to sharpen the knives he used to chop up the body before he burned it. The boy's teeth, ew, and bits of bone were discovered in the Holmes chimney. 
And he didn't even try to hide what he was doing. He's like, so I'm going to go get some drugs that can kill people. And then I'm going to take my murder weapons to be sharpened. <laughs> like he didn't even, cause I think he was just so cocky. Cause obviously he kept getting away with this. Right. So. He's been killing for so long at this point. He's been investigated right. so many times at this point. Nothing has come up of it. So he's probably just whatever. <laughs> so. I do want to know though, like, why he killed the kid so there in one of the documentaries like i said there's a lot of conflicting information but in one of them that i watched uh he was like said to be fairly close to the peitzel family um i mean i guess close in the sense of like he would have dinner with them occasionally and so like he knew them and the wife knew him but not well enough to be like yes here take custody of three of my kids. So they had, I think they had five kids all together and he took custody of the three like middle ones. Well, and why do you want the kids if you're just going to kill them? Uh, right. That's what I'm Unless getting at. You like, just needed what to was kill the more point? people? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. And especially because he didn't kill them in Chicago in his murder home. Like he right. went to another state. Like, I don't know. It's a little, it's very strange. He had a very, very strange mind. Yeah. So in July of of 1894, I keep wanting to say 19, but 1894, Holmes had so many lawsuits against him for non-payment for working materials, like we had talked about before mm -hmm. when building the murder home, uh, that he fled to Texas where he had property from the Williams sisters. It's believed that he actually planned to build another murder castle there, which I that's not shocking to me at all. No. Not in the slightest. Holmes's murder spree finally ended when he was arrested in Boston on November 17th of 1894 after being tracked there from Philadelphia by the Pinkertons, which are a detective agency. No, they're like a huge detective agency. Like, they're essentially what, like, the FBI is now, but in the 1800s. At least that's what I was able to gather. That's pretty cool. He was held on an outstanding warrant for horse theft in Texas as the authorities had become more suspicious at this point and Holmes appeared to appeared poised to flee the country. So basically they held him for that. Right. So because they, they needed more flee. evidence. Yeah. Following the discovery of Alice and Nellie's bodies in July of 1895, Chicago police and reporters began investigating Holmes building now lo locally referred to as the murder castle or the castle. Though many sensational this is the one in Chicago. claims were made, no evidence was found that could have convicted Holmes in Chicago, which is crazy. That's absolutely madness. According to Seltzer, stories of torture equipment found in the building are 20th century fiction. In October of 1895, Holmes was put on trial for the murder of Benjamin Pietzel and was found guilty and sentenced to death. By then, it was evident Holmes had also murdered the three missing Pietzel children. Following his conviction, Holmes confessed to 27 murders in Chicago, Indianapolis, and Toronto, though some persons he confessed to murdering were still alive. And six of them were attempted murders, which is madness. Holmes paid $7,500, which is worth $230,000 today, by the Hearst newspapers in exchange for his confession, which was quickly found to be mostly nonsense, which again... He's been a charmer this whole time. It is not shocking exactly. he was able to pull this off as well. Right. On May 7th of 1896, Holmes was hanged at Moya Mensing Prison, also known as the Philadelphia County Prison, for the murder of Pietzel. Until the moment of his death, Holmes remained calm and amiable, showing very few signs of fear, anxiety, or depression. 
Despite this, he asked for his coffin to be contained in cement and buried 10 feet deep because he was concerned that grave robbers would steal his body and use it for dissections. Ugh. Holmes' neck did not stab, snap. Oh my gosh, that is no. Ugh, he instead right? strangled to death slowly, twitching for over 15 minutes before being pronounced dead 20 minutes after the trap had been sprung. 20 minutes! You know what, though? That's like some karma. You killed Matt. Oh, people. yeah, for This sure. is some serious yeah, karma definitely. coming at you right now. And so, like, these 27 people that he confessed to killing, like Stephanie just said, some of them were still alive, some of them were dead, some of them had disappeared. I did read somewhere that he may or may not have killed upwards of 200 people. I mean, because, like I said earlier, every city that he went to, people disappeared. So, like, let's just assume that he was killing people in every single city. You know, so, yeah, he confessed these 27 people, but then they would found that not all of his confessions were true, but then there were other people that had disappeared and been seen with him that he didn't confess to. So, um, con artist, liar, you know, at the end of the day, he killed a lot of people and he did it very, very cruelly. Uh, he just gave zero shits just at all. Yeah. Um, so I do have some fun facts about him. Love fun facts. Love them. So this one is good. So you know how you just talked about he wanted to be buried like 10 feet under in concrete and all that kind of stuff. So he, when he was in prison, I guess he wrote, I don't know if it was like a letter or kind of just like a diary sort of thing. But basically in it, he uh, is claiming that he's actually innocent and that he was possessed by Satan the whole time. Of course, because he was a liar, like really no one knew what he what, what he was, was saying was true or not but there is a quote basically that he says that his literal facial appearance had changed since he was in prison so he's saying that he appeared quote gruesome and taking a satanical cast Ew. yeah wow. so meh, i don't know did that happen? Did that not? No pictures, so I have no idea. Do I think he was possessed by Satan? I do not. Do I think he was just trying to get out of it? Yes, I do. Um, and so the other one was also that we talked about earlier is that he used to sell the skeletons to medical schools. I mean, so this took a lot of, like Stephanie said earlier, time and effort. Because yeah. these these bones have to be perfect. They have to be clean. You have to put the wires in them and connect that. Like you have to, not only do you have to have time and patience, but you also have to be pretty intelligent. You know, to me, yeah, I guess I could kind of basically put a skeleton together, but not every little tiny foot bone and finger, you know. Yeah, I definitely be... feel like I'd mess up a finger here and there for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's so crazy. like, I just thought that was definitely crazy uh so i mean in general he was just absolutely horrific um and then another fact i just and i had been thinking about this while i was doing the research and then i confirmed it so around the same time that holmes had started construction on his murder house in chicago jack the ripper was committing his crimes in london Ooh, that's cool right because when i had read that uh holmes was the first serial killer i was like wait a second what about jack the ripper? but then i realized he was the first american serial killer jack the ripper is the first european serial killer so cool 
So, yeah, that's H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah. Uh, super messed up. Totally super wild. creepy. There are some messed up documentaries on YouTube. Let me tell you, they'll scare the crap out of you. At least they did me, and I don't scare very easily. It's because you had a kid. Softened you up. <laughs> I know, sure. right now, all of a sudden, I, like, am bothered by things. I used to have, like, no feelings, and I had kids, and now I, like, watch Coco, the Disney movie, and I'm like, please, Mom, Coco. I love like, <laughs> uh, That's awesome. That's just, they, <laughs> they, they chisel you down little by little. <laughs> oh, man. Darn feelings. I know. But anyway, that is H.H. Holmes. He's a pretty crazy dude, I got to say. Yeah. Very interesting to research, though. Yeah, for sure. And um, okay, that is H.H. Holmes. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to like, follow us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and please email us if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Other than that, we hope you have a great day. Bye, guys.